to the Daily Regrounding Podcast, a space where together we can step into and steep in the natural world around us. Through interviews with experts in life, health, and business, as well as some solo regrounding riffs, we'll create mindful moments and deep breaths, allow for perspective and pause, and ultimately feel more connected and deeply content. I am your host, Meredith Ewanson. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Daily Regrounding Podcast. And I'm looking forward to chatting right now with Allison Boyle. And she is an outdoor educator and empowerment coach who teaches women how to use the skill of outdoor backpacking to become more confident, independent, and adventurous versions of themselves. She hosts a popular adventure blog, She Dreams of Alpine. That's also her Instagram. She's coached over 1,200 women to become safe, confident, and self-sufficient backpackers through her personal framework inside her coaching program, which we'll chat about, Becoming an Outdoor Backpacking Badass. And she believes that backpacking is a skill that has a ripple effect on other aspects of one's life and that women don't have to, quote, grow up in the outdoors to become confident in the backcountry. Welcome, Allison. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. And I'm so glad that even in your bio, you call out, quote, growing up in the outdoors. Yeah. Because for those of us who haven't, we can feel like outsiders. And I don't necessarily mean like outsiders in the sense of, you know, not welcome, although that also can be a part of it. Totally. But in the sense of where do I even begin? Where do I even figure out how to find a trail to hike? How do I even know where I can put my tent? Like, what do I pack? What do I not pack? Like the, the, the list of questions and concerns and just curiosities can be endless. And I really feel like, um, you know, if you don't grow up in that atmosphere, or if you don't grow up in an area of the world where spending a lot of time outdoors is, is really common, um, then it can feel like it's just not for you and it can feel not welcoming. And I feel like you don't even really know where to start. Like it's some sort of secret society that some people just grew up knowing how to do these things and you don't. Um, And I, for one, didn't grow up in an outdoorsy family. Like I grew up in downtown Chicago, my family, like we had never gone hiking, camping, never been to a national park, never did a road trip. Like those are just not things that we did at 12 years old. If you asked me how to hail a cab, and how to take a city bus, I would have had that dialed, but like going out in nature, I would have been like, totally have no idea what to do. Um, but as an adult now, now that like, I, you know, nature for me is hugely impactful for my physical health, my mental health, and even my creative health, like with what I do for work. Um, I've really had to like Google and scrounge and get creative and ask questions and really want to be able to learn how to get out into nature. Um, and the more you learn, the more you want to get more adventurous. So there's just so much to it. So I just want to say thank you for the work that you do because I feel like it's so needed. Yeah, totally. I feel like also when you don't grow up in the outdoors, it's like you lack, you lack seeing yourself in the identity of somebody who's an outdoorsy person. So there's like all these qualities that you see people who are outdoorsy identify as like brave, courageous, Mm. like you think that they're fearless. You think that 
they have all these qualities and it's really hard to put yourself in their, their feet, their feet, their position. It's really hard. Oh, their shoes. That's the phrase. <laughs> their hiking boots. I'm like, I know there's this sh- the phrase that I'm looking for here. It's really hard to put yourself in their shoes because you just, especially when we're younger, I think we don't feel like we have as much control over how we identify mm-hmm. and it's just, we are who we are. Um, but I mean, that, that's something I've really learned over the years is that we do have control of how we identify and that being outdoorsy or adventurous or strong or brave or courageous, these are all like traits that we can decide we want to have and then take them on. Mm. So, yeah. That is so fascinating that it's literally like a subconscious programming that ha- like we all have subconscious programmings that happen throughout our life based on our life's experiences and what we've been exposed to and what we haven't is also a part of it. So that's, that's really fascinating. And I feel like I've heard you say before, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you've said before that mindset is like kind of the biggest thing when it comes to, you know, feeling comfortable backpacking and, and getting and being adventurous and things like that. Is that what you find to be true in, in your personal experience, but also with your clients? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't want to be like, oh, it's all mindset. Cause I know a lot of people feel like, oh, that's just, um, a cop out, but I just feel like it's, uh, I feel like people leave it out and it, cause it feels too like touchy feely or it's like less, in t- it's less tangible to like understand how mindfulness and mindset plays a significant role in feeling confident in yourself and the outdoors, but it is ironically, one of the biggest pieces that hold people back because I have students that, um, well, like what we do in our program is that we teach everyone the skill sets, but you can see how people get stuck. Even if they have all the tools, all the skill sets they need to go out and be safe and confident in the outdoors and what actually helps them get to that, get to the trail is like helping them address some of their fears, their Mm -hmm hangups, their identity issues that they, they have just from growing up and identifying in a certain way. And it's like hard to show up in a new way of being. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think mindfulness and like trusting yourself really show up with backpacking. And that's why I think like the hardest thing about getting started backpacking is like getting to the trail the first time, because Mm -hmm. there's so many things in mind drama and hangup you're going to have before you even hit the trail that first Mm. time. And do you find that people recognize that that's what it is or do they sort of think it's, well, I don't have the right backpack or I don't like they make it mean something else when really it's about maybe confidence or fear or something like that. Yeah. I mean, totally. I think it's, it's easy when you don't have any awareness that like it could be your thoughts that are creating and preventing you from feeling confident to go out when you don't have that like initial awareness, you are going to look for external reasons why you don't feel confident. So you're like, maybe I should get better gear, or maybe I should plan more, or maybe like, or like what we talk about a lot in our program is this concept of pre-trip resistance, like that week before your trip is about to start, how like all of a sudden life just feels hard. And you're like, Oh, like I'm too busy. I have all these things coming up. I feel really stressed. That probably means I shouldn't go. Mm-hmm. And really it's just like, that's super normal to experience. So what we really try to do is like help people realize that 
it's super normal to feel scared, to not feel like hundred percent ready, to not be fearless. Like no one's ever really fearless. I think that's just like a term that we kind of need to get rid of instead of like learning how to work with our fear and do these things that we want to do. So yeah, totally. People will definitely try to distract themselves with, I need to learn a new skill and more skills, more of Mm -hmm. this or get new gear. Um, before I can hit the trail instead, it might be just a little bit of coaching that they need instead. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, so how did you get started backpacking and like, was there a specific moment where a light bulb went off for you, where you were like, I need to do this work with others. Mm -hmm. And how did you identify that it was needed? Okay. That's a long story, I guess, to get from one to the other, but we'll try to shorten it. So kind of like you, I didn't grow up in the outdoors. Um, I grew up in Texas and I, my family, like probably the most outdoorsy thing we ever did was backyard camp, camp in our backyard, like once in a blue moon or something. Um, and then I went to college and I started to kind of like have these moments of just being curious about like doing new things, getting out of my comfort zone, I guess you could say. Um, and so one of those things let getting out of my comfort zone led me to taking a job, an engineering job in California. And because I was wanting to be in a different place besides Texas, cause I'd lived in Texas my whole life, even went to college in Texas. And I was like, I really should try to see more of the world and let's go places where there are mountains. And that opportunity led me to California. And kind of how I got into backpacking was, you know, I, when I moved to California, like I said, this is a long story, but when I moved to California, I was going through a divorce at the same time. I had gotten married pretty young, um, like around 19 and then, or then got divorced like three or four years after that. And I was having a moment where just like life kind of felt up in the air and like hard and I was going through like an internal, like identity crisis, I guess you could say. Um, and I kind of was getting really sick of my, uh, myself and like, just, I had been so pessimistic for like a couple years that I entered into this year of like, yes, kind of, I just want to say yes to like new things, even if it makes me very uncomfortable because I was kind of identified as a shy person. I identified as like not overly courageous and kind of kept in my safe zones. And one of those opportunities ended up, I was at a water cooler at work and talking to some of my coworkers. One of them happened to get permits to hike half dome or backpack half dome in, in California. So I didn't know what Half Dome was at the time, which is really funny to me now because it's like this very iconic mountain to me. Um, But I remember looking it up and I'm like, there's no way I could do that. But I had told myself I would say yes to these things. And so I said yes. And that trip was kind of like that turning. I didn't know it at the, the time, but it was like that turning point for me being curious about like doing more things in the outdoors and living like 
a more outdoorsy, adventurous life. Cause it gave me, I just like felt like a totally different person. I really liked the way I felt. Um, even though it was also equally like the hardest thing I'd ever done. It was kind of like the hard was what was so exciting and seeing myself overcome that. Like it felt like growth and a, a term I like to use a lot is like, it felt like aliveness. Like I felt alive. Mm-hmm. So that's how that started. Um, then becoming like my business was, you know, six, seven years down the line. Just a point where you were just having all these experiences and learnings of your own that you thought, I just have to share this with other people. Or did people start asking you questions? Like at what point were you like, I actually want to pursue this as not just my own personal passion, but something that I want to bring to a more impactful scale. Yeah. I think that started a little bit even more like innocently less purposefully than it might like seem from the outside. So I was like an avid weekend. I became this like avid weekend warrior after that back. I mean, it took a little while, like that was that backpacking trip. And then I realized there, I knew nothing. And so there was this like period of time of like trying to figure out how to be safe and confident in myself and self-sufficient and learn all the things and feel really good about getting outdoors. And then eventually that became like my lifestyle. And I would spend nearly every weekend in California, like going someplace to the mountains, going on some kind of trip. That's how I created like friendships and that's where I met Michael and it's just sort of I just let that lead my life and my life was like engineering on the work days and outdoors on the weekends pretty much every weekend and then I would say so I kind of like I love the concept of following your curiosity so for me I think it happened is I was driving I had to drive like a 40 minute drive to a field that I worked at, um, when I was engineering and I would listen to the Tim Ferriss podcast and I, it was like podcasts were just getting popular and I was binging his stuff. And I remember those drives back and forth, listening to all these different people talk about all these like crazy, interesting jobs and lives that they led and like things that they tried. And I just was, my mind just kept being blown. I'm like, Oh my gosh, people do this and people do that. Like I just had never opened my mind outside of traditional work, like lifestyles. Um, And so that kind of sparked the curiosity. And then from there, I think it was like, I wonder if I can create some sort of, I became like fascinated with this idea of creating like passive income, because that was definitely a buzzword back then. I was like, oh, passive income. Like I'll create a little bit of extra income for our travels and I had already had She Dreams of Alpine as a blog and I was learning about blogging and I was like, I'm going to become more of a blogger. So I put more intention behind the blog and I'm like, I'm going to create like really crazy, awesome resources and guides on travel and blogging and backpacking and all these things that I love to do. And it's just going to be fun because I really love to do it. So I started it as a blog and then that curiosity just kind of kept unfolding. And I remember maybe like one of the distinct things that happened was Michael and I were backpacking the trans Catalina trail with some friends in California. And I had this moment, like, 
where I had this thought, I'm like, what if we could do this all the time? Like, you know, like what if we could just not have to go back to, we lived in Bakersfield, California. What if we didn't have to always go back to Bakersfield, California? What if we could live where we want? Like I was really fascinated with this idea of location freedom and like time freedom, having like my own autonomy of that. Um, so then Michael and I were like, well, like, let's just do it for a year. And so we started, we, we didn't like immediately jump into it. I'm not that kind of person. I'm definitely more type A. I kind of plan and think things through. So I came home, planned out how to save up enough to like live off of for a year of traveling in a van, which we had just bought um, not that long ago. And from that trip. And yeah, so that's kind of sparked that. And then later that year, you know, I'm building my blog because I was like trying to build this passive income from it. And then it just got more excited about it when I was thinking about year after travel. Cause I'm like, well, what if I could make this my full-time job? And then that curiosity just sort of led me to like, how could I like create even better resource to like helping people get outdoors that didn't have the mentorship or don't have the support system just like I didn't have when I was first getting started. And then that kind of sparked the idea of creating the backpacking badass program. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think like, I just got super excited about, I'm like, I want to create the thing that I wish had existed when I was getting started. And then that just, I just let that unfold. And so like, we actually opened enrollment for the backpacking badass program the same month that we quit our jobs. So it just ended up kind of aligning. And then, yeah, the blog and the program have been like my main focus for the three years. And we went full time in 2019. Um, But I did like, I don't want people to think that that was like instant success. Cause that nothing ever happens like that. Um, I was just committed. Like I was all in, I'm like, I'm going to figure out a way to make this work. Even if that meant after a year of travel, going back to like a nine to five, I was just really committed to figuring it out. And it took, a, took a couple of years, but then it got traction and we were able to keep doing it. So yeah. I love that story. I love that story. And I love that you continued to follow your curiosity and your interest, because I feel like that's very similar to, I feel like how I work. Um, but I think a lot of people are afraid to do that. Like they immediately will put up a block, like, well, I can't because whatever, whatever. And of course there's always a million reasons you can't do something, but what if you followed that next little, um, curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, then you begin to, like, I always kind of use this phrase of like building evidence. Like you begin to build evidence with yourself that, that, that thing you wanted to do, whether it's backpacking or, you know, embarking on a new business adventure, um, by, by taking that next little step you, and then it working out or you learning something from it and then making the next step from there, you're building evidence of possibility and like reaffirming what it is that you love and that you want to continue doing and that you're passionate about. And, you know, it helps then create that consistency and commitment that's required to 
create something out of nothing really, which is essentially what you've done, which is just so amazing. Yeah, totally. I think it's super important. And I think like the outdoors actually taught me this before I even started a business is that when you're looking to create something new that you've never done before, it's important to be more future focused than past focused because we can't, if we look at our past for evidence, we're just going to recreate our past. So we're going to actually have to go to a land where we don't know what is going to happen. And we just do our best. And the biggest thing, and I'm sure you saw me talking about it this week on Instagram is not like this concept. I didn't like learn this on my own. I learned this from podcasts and coaching. And as I was building my business is like not being so scared to fail, mm-hmm. um, has been like monumental breakthrough for me in building a business. Um, because yeah, it, I mean, I can't t- sit here and say I wasn't freaking, you know, <laughs> the heck out when I quit my job, but I did also, there's a good practice to do like when you're really in panic mode and you're like, is this too big of a risk? One thing I like to do is like journal a little bit about what is my realistic worst case scenario here. Mm. And for me, you know, it was maybe going back to my family's house in Texas and, you know, having some free living at my dad's house for a couple months while I got my feet back together and got like, um, an engineering job again. And so when I mapped it out, I was like, it's okay. <laughs> Not, it's a little embarrassing. Maybe like if, if you wanted to look at it that way at the worst, it would just be, you know, feeling like I failed, but even mm-hmm. that now like scares me a little less, you know, yeah. I'm with you with that, with failure. I mean, I feel like when you have done enough things on your own and followed your, your own curiosity, which is putting yourself out there and then it hasn't gone as planned, you then always learn something from it and it always points you in some direction. So it's like, once you again, get that experience of like, like we're saying, like, sure, some people might call it failure, but it's not failure. It's just like a new awareness. You know, it's like you get to the next point of awareness and perspective and make your decisions and your changes and your future forecasting from that new place, not looking back to be like, well, my original plan was I'm going to start, you know, whatever, some other type of business. And that didn't work out. But now I'm creating this outdoor backpacking badass business, which wasn't the plan. But guess what? How much better is it? (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's all perspective, I think, too. Yeah. And just like realizing we're here on this life, not to like, just, I don't know. I, for me, like purpose of my life I've realized is just to really like lean in experience grow. And when I look at it from that perspective of that purpose, it's like failure is just part of that equation of growth and like experiencing things and aliveness. And Mm -hmm. so if that's, if that's what it takes, it's like failure isn't a bad thing. It's just part of, it's part of the process. And honestly, like it has such a bad connotation. And I think it's just, I think a lot of it comes from us fearing judgment from others. And so that's been a big part of my learning process too, is like, just not giving a crap what, Mm -hmm trying not to give a crap about what other people think. Obviously I'm not perfect at it, but like it's over the 
past four and a half years, like building the business, you really learn because mm-hmm. you're, I feel like building a business is the biggest personal growth thing that you can go through. Cause you oh. question everything about yourself um, and your identity. Same with the outdoors. That was like first step then yeah. business building, but yeah. Yeah. So I, wa- so I want to ask you about a big trip you just did, which yeah, sure. is the uh, Grand Canyon rim to rim, which is a mm-hmm. pretty significant hike. Yes. Um, will you tell us a little bit about like just the basics of what that, um, what that trip entails and what your experience was? And maybe was there anything you learned this trip around? Cause I know you've done it before. And so, yeah. um, I'd love to hear a little bit about like how it has felt different and how it's been different. Um, and also, even though you're quite experienced and you've done this trip before, what kind of logistical, physical, and mindset prep did you do, even as someone who kind of does this stuff all the time and knows all the things? Like, what are some things you actually did to get yourself prepared? Yeah, so I did this, actually, I probably shouldn't have, but this was like one of the first, second, or obviously the first was Half Dome. This was like the second biggest trip I ever took in like 2014 in my hiking journey. And I think it's because I didn't really know what to expect. So in 2014, I did this rim to rim hike, um, a little bit naively, very unprepared for what the concept of challenge, I just hadn't fully grasped like mileage and gain and how those kind of combined together. But, you know, I made it to the other end of that trip, but it was super fun comparing that trip you know, at the beginning of my outdoorsy journey to now, cause it was a totally different experience. Um, yeah, like for, for me, like now getting ready for a trip is just all about getting prepared for it in advance. So this one we spent like me and my friends spent a lot of time training, like in advance for it specifically. So the last, like basically since January, I've been training for this trip. I started by just doing a half marathon. And then every week, like in April, every week, I feel like I was doing a 17 to 19 mile hike and I was just getting my body physically ready for it. And then also when you're doing those physical preparing hikes, you're also preparing your mind because you're seeing what comes up for you, what kind of resistance you have. Like, so I find the mindset work happens just naturally a lot with the physical training. Um, and getting ready for that challenge. And so the things that I couldn't prepare for that I was expecting were like heat, Mm -hmm. um, rim to rim is really hot. So that had to come in the pre-trip planning. Like we started at one 30 in the morning and, um, hiked a lot through the dark and coming prepared with the right, you know, ways to fuel and, water and electrolytes. And we even all, a lot of us bought these umbrellas that through hikers use for really hot scenarios. They're, um, it's by Goss. I think a lot of brands make these, but Goss, we got these Gossamer gear ones that are like silver on the outside and dark on the insides. It makes it like 10 to 15 degrees cooler. So that was just like a tool we had in our tool shed for the adventure. And so for me, like the hardest part for me was, I think like there's this concept, new level, new devil. So you're always going to have some sort of fear that comes up for you, no matter what level or experience that you have. And for me, this one was 
just thinking about my friends and being the one more experienced and guiding them through this process of helping them blow their own minds on like what's possible, but also making sure everyone does it really safely and is prepared for it. Like I just felt a lot of responsibility and like making sure everyone was physically, mentally prepared for that journey. Um, because I have enough experience at this point to know I can get myself through a lot, but a lot of people are still building that, like you talked about Mm -hmm. building that evidence for themselves, you know? So that's why I really like trips like this, something super out of people's comfort zones, because sometimes people need a real life experience to tie to what's possible. And Yeah. And then like later they might do something hard, but they'll be able to come back to that experience and be like, oh, but I've done harder. I can make it through this. So Mm -hmm. it's a really great thing to have like in your back pocket. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it becomes your new ceiling or it becomes your, your ceiling. What was your ceiling before the trip becomes your new floor. So, you knew, you know, you know, you can do that. You learned so much of that experience. Maybe you went into it I mean, I've certainly had a few hikes where I've naively gone into it, not even realizing that I was unprepared and then gotten through and been like, holy shit, had I known what I just went through, even though it was totally possible, I maybe wouldn't have done this because I didn't realize. But um, however, you know, if if everything was all safe and fine, you're like, wow, I learned a lot. And now, geez, I didn't know I was capable of that. Yeah, I guess I am. So that's that's pretty cool. And so how many miles? was that trip? And what was the elevation game? So we did South Kaibab to North Kaibab. There's like a couple of different ways you can do rim to rim. Um, but that's the route that we chose and it ended up being around, I mean, my live tracker versus my research tracking stats are a little bit different, but it ended up being around 22, 23 miles. And then it's about 6,500 feet of elevation gain from South to North. So originally we were going to do North to South, but logistically it just didn't work out because we wanted to do it as close as possible to the opening of the North Rim because you have to wait. Mm. Um, And they didn't open the gate until like 6 a.m. that morning for the North Rim. So we pivoted because we were going to do North to South. We pivoted and did South to North. Mm -hmm. And then my husband was the shuttle, so... Nice. How we work through (laughs) logistics there. That's always helpful. Um, So you mentioned, especially with this trip, with the heat that you got started early, you were really focused on um, electrolytes and hydration and food that was going to fuel you. Like this wasn't just any old day hike. So I'm curious, what electrolytes do you like to take or what, how, how do you hydrate? What's your strategy for that? And what are some of your favorite like snacks for fuel and for energy to like have your best hike or maybe even like little snacks that you just love to have that maybe have nothing to do with (laughs) helping you finish the the trail. Yeah, totally. Um, so our strategy with electrolytes, so I like to use noon tablets. A lot of people like other things. It's not like exclusively going for a certain brand, but I always go for noon tablets. And for this trip, it was like, even though we started in the dark, it was like having people drink a full like bottle of a full liter of like electrolytes and they had, so our game was like, we had, um, what do you call it? Hydration bladder. So like a camelback or something, three liters capacity. And then I had also everyone pack like a water bottle, a sturdy water bottle so that they could put electrolytes into it. 
So at any given point, we were carrying between three to four liters of water at a time because we just didn't know fully like, well, we did when we, when we, when we hit the trail, we did, but we wanted to be prepared because there weren't as many availability to get water on the trail. So you kind of had to manage that properly. So I had people like drink electrolytes even before it got hot and then just continue like hydrating, but then eating something like my suggestion, especially for like a big hike like this is just trying to get yourself in the habit of eating something every hour, even if it's like just a little bit, just to keep on top of your kind Mm -hmm. of fuel and energy levels. And then I think about, you know, I don't know, trying to think of hours in because the time was all different. It was like early in the morning, but maybe 10 a.m. So we started at 1.30. So around 10 a.m., we probably took a little bit longer of a break and had like real solid food, like sandwiches. And I think having food like that, especially for a really like exhausting trip like that versus just having like energy and bars and um, stuff is important. So we had sandwiches, took a long break. And that's just pretty much what it was just like eating consistently, having like a full bottle electrolytes, um, drinking water. Every time we refilled at a water station, we would like do another full bottle of electrolytes, et cetera. So food, I think the other question you asked was like foods that I like, Yeah. Um, what do you bring? Like, what is your like happy snack that like you kind of wait to pull it out for when you really want it? I feel like that always changes lately. It's been sour Skittles. And I don't know, it's just like the salty sweet that's, and I can throw like five in my mouth and just kind of keep hiking. So that's been my like guilty pleasure snack to have. But then, like I said, you know, sandwiches and having salty things is really important. Um, So I'll have like, I don't know, cheeses or some sort of salty cracker thing. And um, I also always bring like, energy chews or like energy waffles as well. Mm-hmm. Some bars and stuff like that. It really depends on the, the hike or the trip that I'm doing. If I'm backpacking, I might be a little bit more thoughtful and like bringing variety because I get tired of certain foods. Mm-hmm. But, um, for this, that's kind of like what I packed. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I'm always just curious, like what people, like what kind of snacks other people like, and I'm actually yeah. drinking some noon tablet right oh, nice. now. Yeah. Um, I love that stuff. And I definitely feel like it makes a difference too when you're, well, specifically when you're using a lot of energy. Um, so what are, um, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but what are some like fears or challenges you're working through right now or places you feel like you're still growing? Um, Mm -hmm. and it could be honestly, you know, specifics with like backpacking and being outdoors, but, or anything sort of related to that? Like what, what's kind of been coming up for you lately or what are you working through? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I would define them as fears necessarily, but something that I'm working through currently is I'm going through like a bit of a coaching process with one of my coaches, um, Brooke Castillo, and we're doing this process of like this concept of reinvention and I'm, and she's kind of guiding us through this process of like, like really looking at how we self-identify and how we want to self-identify and what we want our life to look at. So I'm like doing a lot of really big thinking lately Mm. and thinking about, 
am I intentionally creating things that I want to create or am I just kind of like letting habits or stuff guide me? And I'm really excited. I don't really know yet. I'm still like in the middle of this process of just kind of like being aware of like how I try to shape people's opinions of me based on how I show up or how I'm worried about how other people think about me or how I think I identify. Um, and do I want to hold on to that? Or if I want to identify differently. So I'm doing that work right now and I'm really excited about it because I feel like I've done this process sometimes unintentionally, and then sometimes a little bit more intentionally a few times in my life at this point, um, you know, becoming outdoorsy and well, going through my divorce was probably an unintentional, like forcing of this kind of process. And then, you know, getting outdoorsy and then starting this business. And so I feel like I'm in this point where I'm kind of excited about new possibilities and like what that means for our business and what opportunities that might mean for our students and helping them facilitate these kinds of transformations. So that's what I'm really excited about Mm -hmm. right now. I just don't know exactly like the container or what it will look like Mm -hmm. yet. Um, but yeah. And then as far as like outdoors things, we moved to, we moved to Colorado recently and I'm just excited to explore and I'm kind of riding the high of the rim to rim training. So I'm like peak, you know, long distance physical condition. So I might do some more longer adventures while I'm here, you know, because Mm -hmm. I'll probably lose it again in the winter. So I have some, some things on my list that I might go do and push myself to go a little bit further. So, yeah. I love that you were just talking about, um, that sort of like big picture zoomed out perspective of yourself and your own identity and how you identify, um, because in a lot of ways, I feel similar to that process happening with me right now. And again, I, I do feel like if you you know, have been a business owner or worked for yourself in some way for a period of time, there's, there are these sort of evolutions and shifts that happen. Um, and I feel like, like I was trying to identify like, Hmm, how do you know when you're in the place where you need to shift? Like your inner identity is not really matching the outer at the moment. Um, like, how do you know when it's time to like re-identify or kind of more better way to put it maybe is like, settle into what your true identity is because you've been acting as this former or preconceived or outward, you know, type identity and yeah. not to say there's anything wrong with it or that it's not true to you in some way. Um, but I feel like that's when things can start to feel hard or difficult or difficult or frustrating is when you feel like something is brewing or happening on the inside, but then the outside's not quite matching. And so it's sort of like, like you said, dreaming or visioning, like, well, what does this next phase look like? What does that look like for me? What do I want? What do I want this to look and feel like? And then what is that identity and how, what's the gap between where I am now and what that new identity is? And like, am I ready to go there? And if I am like make the changes, you know, or, or make the shifts. So, um, I really resonate with that. And I love that perspective too. So, um, I think that's a beautiful thing to be going through. And I think if we're not growing, what are we doing? You know, kind of like what we said earlier is like to just to never move through something that's fearful or difficult, like to just stay comfortable seems really like to me that that's failure. 
Yeah. And I think, I think everyone's a little bit different and like how they, what's important to them. But like, definitely for me, growth and growth and feeling like I'm growing is a very, something that I value. Um, and I think like, what's important to distinguish here is like approaching things from curiosity and like kind of play versus like that resistance of reality or like a resistance of what is, I feel like it's important to also be aware of the energy you're coming to a, like a reinvention of yourself mm-hmm. with, because I definitely tried at, at one point in my, you know, um, weekend warrior phase, I felt really resistant of like being an engineer. Cause all I wanted to do was be an outdoors, be outside. I just wanted to be outside, but it was like this very, I remember that energy that I had during that time. It was very resistive of what is, and I didn't create any like fun, creative possibilities. It wasn't like from a place of like, what could I do? Like, it wasn't like this curious, playful place. It was like, I hate my job. I just want to be outside. I was just really like angry and like resentful. And when I cleaned that up, I think naturally the other thing finally came like several years down the line, but it was more like, it was, it was just ready to be birthed then or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if that's making any sense, but that completely made sense to me. I mean, when you're thinking in the realm of possibility and like, that's a positive way of thinking or an open way of thinking versus a negative and constricted way of thinking, which is my current situation sucks. Like yeah. that's not going to provide growth and change. That's just going to, in a lot of ways, I mean, sure. Or you're, someone could get or you're really going to carry it with you, you know, yeah. like you're going to make the physical change but you're still haven't cleaned up like the other part that is causing so much resistance. So I Mm -hmm. think we have to like sit with ourselves and be like, why am I so like bothered by this and think about that a little bit. And then when we're ready, then it can be like more of an open kind of partnering with, Mm -hmm. you know, your curiosity, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And having gratitude for the engineering job that was providing you income, right? Like that's something, you know, that's another way to sort of also look at it too, is just to like have gratitude for the things that are making the thing that you love possible to be able to do for the time being, knowing that it could change. Um, 100%. So for me, there's definitely a direct link with my time I spend in nature with Mm -hmm. my creative capacity Um, and like how much I feel like I'm able to create, how inspired I am, the ideas that I get, there's just something about going into nature and that sense of grounding that like alleviates the pressure and allows you to dream and to, and look around and see all the possibility and the wonder and the play that exists in nature and really, um, allow that to fuel creativity and, and, and even like business ideas and things like that. Do you feel that way as well? Like, do you tend to get your ideas when you're out in nature? What does that, um, what does that look like for you? Yeah, totally. I definitely get most of my best ideas when I'm out on some sort of walk or driving. I will say like driving. I get a shower. It's very inconvenient though for me getting ideas driving because I have no way to like write them down. It's very frustrating. So I prefer to get the ideas on a walk because I can stop and take a note, but Yeah. I don't know. Like the outdoors, I think it takes you back to those moments. And I grew up, 
I'm sure you did too, like when we didn't really have computers or phones or like as much digital. So going outside when I was younger was like where I would play and get creative. So I feel that same connection, like going into my backyard. I wasn't outdoorsy, but like playing with acorns and in the pool or whatever in Texas. Um, But now doing that, it's kind of the same thing. It feels like it's the space where I'm able to get quiet. You know, I'm not super plugged into my phone or the tasks around me because I have just an objective to walk Mm -hmm. or something like that. And so it's kind of like my resting room. It's like, I can go there, be with my thoughts. I always try to start my hikes with um, no stimulation. Like sometimes I'll listen to a podcast later, but if I have a long hike, I'm like, okay, spend the first three hours just like trying to be with yourself and like what's coming up. And yeah, like I kind of like you, I get my best ideas on my walk. It's kind of like a meditation. I don't really do well as, as well with like just sitting still and meditating, letting things come to me. Like meditation is more through movement for Mm -hmm. me. Um, so yeah, it's definitely regrounding. And also in another sense, like getting outdoors, going on challenges, going on solo hikes, it allows me to connect with a side of myself that I don't get to connect to as often, like being at home in your comfort zone. I can connect with like someone who's brave, who navigates challenges, who's assessing different situations and like leaning into her courage. So I'm like, I'm seeing, I'm getting to just exercise and practice that muscle and those skill sets. So I love that aspect of it too. So I love that you think about that. Um, Like as you're hiking, are you thinking sometimes like I am walking and hiking as a courageous person right now or a brave person? Like, is that kind of the, what goes through your mind? I don't really think about it like that, but I think like after I get done with a hike, like I just have this excitement. Like I'm like, especially if, you know, I came to a point in the trail or this doesn't always happen on like chill hikes, but if I did something a little bit out of my comfort zone, I'm like, Oh, I navigated that situation so well, or I pivoted or like, I just felt like I really handled it and I feel really proud. Um, and I think then I have that observation like, Oh yeah. Like I'm exercising Mm -hmm. this side of myself that I don't naturally get to exercise as much you know, in the day-to-day world. So it's not as much of like that thought on the trail. Quick pause because I have a question for you. When was the last time you went for a walk? And I don't mean a dog walk or a friend walk or listening to music or a podcast, but when was the last time you went for a walk just to enjoy nature? I invite you to download my free 20-minute walking meditation. It'll help you soothe your nervous system and reduce stress because you're getting outside, moving your body, and breathing fresh air. You'll receive inspiration, and it'll help you awaken your creativity because you're connecting with your senses to follow your curiosity, shift your perspective, and expand your awareness to possibility. And it'll give you the opportunity to connect back in with your own true nature by regrounding into the innate stability and abundance that exists in the natural world around you. You can download my free 20-minute walking meditation at bit.ly 
forward slash free walking meditation to get outside, get grounded, and get inspired. That's bit.ly forward slash free walking meditation. And actually that reminds me of one thing that I meant to mention too is one of my like biggest fears going out and hiking and going out into nature. Well, one is wildlife. (laughs) I live on an Island in Rhode Island. So wildlife is not really something to worry about here. Um, And maybe that's why, because I have never really been around it. I didn't grow Mm -hmm. up around it. Um, And I'm obsessed with animals. So I want to see all the animals, but I'm also terrified. Um, (laughs) But the other one was getting lost was navigation and feeling like totally aimless and not knowing where I was going. And actually one thing you really helped me with was recommending the Gaia app yes. and I have been using it so often. I literally track everything. I've been making routes. And as I mentioned to you at one point, I'm doing a three-day backpacking trip up in the white mountains in New Hampshire in June. And I have never been the person who knows where we're going. Yeah. Um, and while I have a friend I'm going with who is, you know, capable and, and, and definitely someone I trust to kind of guide where we're going as well. I wanted to make it a point to always know exactly where I was, where we were going and feel like that was handled because I think that can be something that um, certainly has kept me from even doing really low key hikes around where I am now. It's just going somewhere unfamiliar, not knowing what to expect or what's going to happen. But when you wrap route the map ahead of time, or even if you're just tracking yourself as you go, like there's a level of confidence and assurance that I think, um, is possible that like, you just don't have to worry as you're going. Not that I feel like around here, I'm going to get so lost that I'll starve. I could walk probably 30 minutes in any direction and hit a house or a highway. Yeah. Um, but it's more like it kind of takes you out of the present moment being worried or wondering, am I on the right path? Did I miss a turn? I don't see the sign. I thought I was going to like, you just, can relax and enjoy where you are. So I, I wanted to share that too, that, um, I have a found it to be really fun to navigate, but also, um, I, yeah, I just, I'm feeling more confident and exploring new places by myself and with my dog, which I just think is so fun. Yeah. It's super fun. I, that's like my favorite skill set. That was the first thing I taught myself when I was like getting started. And it's my favorite thing to teach people because a lot of people feel like, it's this super overwhelming skill. There's no way they're technologically challenged. They're navigationally challenged. And I'm like, no, listen, like we can simplify this. We can make this feel easier for you and anyone can do this. Like, and I love making that simple. And also I just think it just like you were describing, it, it gives you so much freedom. Like you're just like, I never worry about getting lost. Like that is probably one of my least biggest concerns at this point, because I just have a process and I know I've already pre-planned, like I've, I've mapped it, you know, I have some back, I have some skills in my back pocket. Like, it's just not something I really worry about that much anymore. And it's that, that is freedom. Like, you know, you can pick up and go and hike in a new area because you're not like terrified of Mm -hmm. getting separated from your group or getting lost or something like that. So Yeah. I mean, the amount of times I've gone on a hike and not substantial hikes so much, but just a hike where I'm like, I don't even necessarily know how many miles it is. You just go, you just show up at the trailhead and go or whatever. And it's like, 
it's also, I just find it to be so um, interesting, like maps in general are interesting. Like, it's just, there's so much to learn and there's so much more to be invested in that experience yeah. beyond like just going on the walk, like knowing, you know, geographical things that are in the area or just, you know, the elevation, like there's, you can just kind of nerd out on a lot of that stuff. And I think that um, is both interesting and empowering too, at the same time. 100%. Yeah. And so I think some people think like, oh, if I get too planny or if I get too much into this, I'm not going to be able to be spontaneous. And I'm like, that's, you know, that's just not true. Like you can still have a spontaneous free spirit on the trail, but then also like have your safety and Mm -hmm. covered. And there's just so much other mind drama and fears that we're navigating. It's nice to be able to take one off the list and Mm -hmm. I think that's why I really love teaching that one in particular. Mm -hmm. So now it's just wildlife for me. (laughs) Yeah. Which, you know, that just comes down to like knowing what to do to prevent encounters and then knowing what to do if you have an encounter and then, you know, it will get easier as you have more experiences in areas where you could have those potential encounters. It's just like, we build it up in our head um, a lot of times like what we go to the worst case scenario yeah. like what could happen and that doesn't ever usually happen. So yeah. 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 And I definitely am the person who's like, if there's a sliver of possibility, that's like everything in my awareness. Um, yeah. but yeah, again, it's just the building evidence and having more positive experiences that lend themselves to a positive outcome of all future experiences too, knowing yeah. that something could happen, but it's statistically a not likely and B, that you have the tools and the resources and the know-how of, of how to handle it. Yeah, it's unfamiliar. Like, I think there's just so many things that we do in life that are more statistically dangerous that we just yeah. don't even give a second thought to um, because we're so accustomed to living in that world and that environment. And it's kind of the same. You kind of have to like live, you have to like go into these spaces and it has to become a little bit more normalized for your brain because your brain is just going to be like, I don't know this. I think we're going to die. Like we shouldn't do it. We should just stay home. Like that's where immediately it wants to go to. So we don't do that when we get in the car, get in a plane or all these other things that we do walk down a street alone, like in a big city, you know, like we're not thinking about that quite as much. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Growing up in Chicago, I would be walking places by myself all the time, walking myself to school when I was probably eight years old and wasn't worried about that, (laughs) which is probably far more dangerous. Um, so I have a couple of quick questions to ask you, and then I want you to share more about your program because, um, I know it's coming up soon. Um, where, like what natural landscape, where physically, um, like what place is the most grounding for you Mm. that you've been to? For me, it's definitely the Sierra Nevada. So anywhere in the Sierra Nevada mountains in California, because it was kind of like my rebirth, I I see it like as a place of my rebirth. So anytime I go there, I just feel like I connect with that beginning Mm -hmm. and I just have a very special fondness and love for like those mountains. So I would love to, I want to live there one day. I want to live in Mammoth. I want to be there. So that's the place that's always calling me back. Um, that's my favorite place. That's kind of a big area, but you know, yeah, it's beautiful. Yes. That's a perfect place. Um, and then what has nature made possible for you? Gosh, so much. This is like one of my favorite topics. We could have a whole podcast on this, (laughs) but, um, 
this is what I love to tell people is like, I didn't realize it at the time, but the simple skill set of learning to be confident and self-sufficient and backpacking opened up worlds and identities and possibilities that I didn't even know existed for my life. So I'm like, pursue this and then let your curiosity and let things unfold because you morph and you change by stepping into this braver, like more confident person, it's going to guide you into new, exciting, fun realms that you just hadn't really been open to yet. So I love using backpacking as that tool to kind of like start exploring it. So for me, obviously it changed my career path. It changed the way I like looked at myself, changed my personal relationships with other people. Um, and like, I have no idea. Like, I just have a feeling like it's going to take me in places I can't even imagine now at this point. So yeah, it's infiltrated all areas of your life. Yeah. yeah. So uh, becoming an outdoor backpacking badass is your signature program. And I know it's coming up. Tell us, uh, what we need to know about it. When does it start the format? Who is it for all of those good things? Yeah, totally. So our signature program, it's a coaching program. It's called become an outdoor backpacking badass. It's kind of a hybrid of a course and coaching, um, and a community. So we, when somebody joins, they get access to programs that or a program that walks them through like basically the A to Z, everything they need to know to be a safe, confident and self-sufficient outdoor backpacker. Um, we, we, we created this program for women or like underrepresented genders. So more specifically than, um, men in particular. So we also base a lot of our content on like fears that, women are experiencing or like challenges that they're going through versus other people in the outdoors and the outdoorsy community. So then, you know, people have access to me and we have, um, two other, three other coaches now. Um, well, my team, they all kind of like act as coaches as well. So they get access to us as coaches. And then at this point, we also have like mentors and ambassadors in the program because this program has been going on for a while. So just some of our students who have graduated really know the material really well to help support. And then the community is just like a great place to come and like ask questions and not be worried about like that judgment. There's no stupid questions. There's just like, now we have such a broad community, like people can weigh in on their different experiences, which is super useful for people trying to like assess and navigate their fears or like specific questions. So that's a little bit about the program, but, um, like you mentioned, we're opening enrollment around June 7th, um, June 7th through June 16th will be our summer open enrollment, but really the best place for your listeners to learn more about that would be to hop on if they happen to be listening to this and it's not past that date, um, would be to sign up for one of our free workshops that we'll be hosting during that time. And that we'll have more information about that, like posted on my Instagram at she dreams of Alpine when that date gets a little bit closer. So probably around May 30th, we'll open up reg- registration for that. But, but in the meantime, like if your audience is curious to start learning more about backpacking or how they can become more self-sufficient, they can definitely download our 
starter kit. We have a outdoor backpacker starter kit and they can grab that at shedreamsofalpine.com slash kit K I T. So that's a super easy place to start. Perfect. And I have downloaded that myself and it is so awesome. All of your resources, I have to say, and I wanted to make sure to make a point of this. Your resources are so valuable. You're just literally going on your Instagram. Like people would pay money to, to absorb that content because you provide so many different tools and like guides and resources. And, um, it's just really valuable. So definitely if this is something that, you know, piques your interest and you're looking to explore backpacking and get outdoors more, and you want a point to start at, um, definitely find her at she dreams of Alpine on Instagram, go through her content, sign up for her free guides, um, and then check out the program. Yeah. And don't be afraid to like hit me up in the DMS either. I know Meredith and I have had a few conversations Mm -hmm. over Instagram DMS. I'm not, I'm the, I'm the main one in there. I have a team now helps me with a lot of things, but I'm still the one behind, um, most of the Instagram DMS. So perfect. Yeah. You're awesome. You've been so helpful and such a great resource. Um, and before we wrap up, I always ask a few rapid fire nature inspired questions. Are you ready? They're I easy. am ready. <laughs> uh, it's like a this or that. So sunrise or sunset? Ooh, I would have to say sunset because I'm not a morning person. Although you got up at 1.30. I guess that's maybe. I will. <laughs> it's like Alpine, I will sometimes do the Alpine starts if it's needed. But like I found as I've gotten older, I just like, I love sleeping in. Like it's just a thing. But yes, I will do an Alpine start as needed. So Perfect. Underwater or on the ground? Ooh, on the ground for sure. Same. Stargazing or sunbathing? Oh, I like sunbathing. Yeah. I was just thinking about this the other day. Just one of my favorite feelings is when the, when the temps aren't too hot and the sun is hitting you and there's just like that little bit of wind Mm. Mm, Mm -hmm. the best. Yeah. That's kind of how it was here yesterday. It's been so foggy and cold still in new England. Um, but it was really sunny for the Mm -hmm. first time in weeks. And I literally like, was like, do I have a sports bra on? Okay, cool. Took my shirt (laughs) off, went out to my back porch, brought my computer and was just like literally sunbathing, which I don't do a lot. Like I don't bake in the sun. Like I'm not that type of a person, but I seriously feel like my body was like, I want the vitamin D. Yeah. You're just grabbing the energy of the sun. It's Mm -hmm. just like a beautiful moment when it happens. Totally. Uh, colorful landscape or earth tones. Hmm. I like, I don't know. I'm trying to think like most of the places I hike end up being more earth tones, but if I had to like pick, I like colors, like I'm very Mm -hmm. color, I like colorful places. And then the coast or the mountains. Definitely the mountains. I do appreciate the coast, but you know, if I had to choose. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you. It was so great to chat with you and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Meredith. This was great. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the daily regrounding podcast. If you loved it, I would be so grateful for you to rate review and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening as well as share with a friend. And if you want to work with me, you can go to my website, meredithewinson.com and have a look at my current nature-inspired meditation, mindfulness, and movement offerings. I'd love for you to connect with me on Instagram at meredithewinson. Thanks again for listening. And remember, with just one breath, 
one moment of awareness or one step into nature, you can reground back to you.